Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. We are lovers of art, are we not? Oh, yes. We are... <laughs> Big artifice, you know. <laughs> I mean, so, we love I, art. I'm not, being, I'm not being a snob. I say I'm, I'm a big fan of pop art. It's just modern art is what uh, kind of uh, confuses me. It it can be confusing. This is true. Now, occasionally, if you've ever had an opportunity to go to some of the great museums of the world, mm-hmm. uh, for us uh, here in the States, the Smithsonian Institution is obviously mm-hmm. one of the most well-known. The it's National Gallery. Oh, Guggenheim, absolutely in New York City, yep. sure. Uh, no, and, and every every major metropolitan city's got their Museum of Modern Art. You know, yep. I've all been to types. MoMA. Yes, exactly. I've, San Francisco, one I've been to, mm-hmm. but I had an, a really great experience when I used to work in DC, going to the National Gallery, and Ooh. if you go to the Modern Wing, uh, there is one of the one of probably the most famous works of Barnett Newman. Who oh, is yeah. a an American artist? He's a major figure in abstract expressionism. Mm-hmm. Is a work that he did called the Stations of the Cross, and it's for the fourteen panels, basically in Christianity. It's it depicts this this the trial and tribulations of of Jesus, and he did did it in a very abstract way. It's basically just it's it's uh, compositions of light and dark. And lines and and all you know different different works of of uh, dark and light matter on the canvases, um, and it's a great experience. I mean, when you go in the center of the room and you can enjoy it. Right now, you can't because I think the museum is yeah. closed. Yeah. But it's a it's a fantastic exhibit. It's interesting because he born in 1905 in New York City. He is the son of Jewish immigrants from Poland. Hmm. And so his whole, you know, his whole take on art, very interesting, as I said, abstract expressionist. Um, and he's one of the foremost of the color field painters. Color field painting is a style of abstract painting emerges in New York City during the 1940s and 1950s, inspired by European modernism. Um, he did uh, pass away on July 4th, 1970. But here's the thing I want to bring up as as you're wondering, why am I talking about <laughs> about Barnett Newman um, in May of 2014, the Christie's Auction House. Set a record for the artist's work called Blackfire One, and it sold for eighty-four million dollars. One painting, one for painting to a Japanese collector. I, think I believe was. so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's he he got eighty million dollar paintings. People, right? It's a big deal. Who who could you imagine would have one of these in their in their domiciles? Yeah, I mean, uh, who would be so crass as to have one of these <laughs> things in their garage? Yeah, their workshop. Come on. <laughs> well, we're going to find out as we hit, hit minute 21 of Iron Man 2 from 2010, directed by Mr. John Favreau. Uh, and we are uh, coming in uh, in the middle of a sentence and in the middle of an argument. Uh, Pepper and Tony are still going at it about uh, Tony getting rid of all of the things that he owns and Pepper not understanding why. Uh, so she had started the sentence in minute 20. I think I'm actually entitled to say our collection considering the time I put in over and now in 21 we finished the sentence 10 years curating that. So like they have been working together for 10 years. So I assume that the, the 10 year mark, she started out as an assistant and that was one of the things that they were doing. Oh yeah. Probably. Like, yeah. Like, I'd say they, all the flashbacks they've done in the MCU, we've never seen, you know, young pepper and Tony. Right. I, I was curious about like, as this, this, these next couple minutes are all about them just bickering essentially for like three or four minutes. Um, what, 
are people's general impressions of this? And so, because there are different relationship things that people go to. And so I did some research into shipping uh, and I found out that they, as a couple, Tony Stark and Pepper Potts, are known as Pepperoni. Oh, isn't that adorable? No, who yeah. did that? At, at, at shippers, man, like they got their own language. So, so it ends with a Y, not an I, because obviously it's Pepper and Tony. So it's Pepperoni. Tony. Oh, yeah. God. And uh, for the most part, like like I, I had a hard time finding anybody who was sort of negative on their relationship. So it's like for the most part, the fandoms have been like, yes, Pepper plus Tony forever carved into a tree. Because <laughs> they have canonized it, so eh, I'm just curious. Uh, so uh, and so, we get to see this this adorable couple as Tony Stark lies and lies and oh, lies God. to Pepper. This I say that these these two minutes are full of probably the most lies Tony has told in a compressed amount of time. Some deception. Uh, there are yeah, some deception. Always a good there. foundation for a relationship. Well, um, I mean, he's I, I know at this point, this. at this point, like there, there's not a romantic thing going on. I, somebody actually wrote a pretty interesting article I read uh, that was talking about how their love is emotional because Tony thinks of it as two separate things. So he has an emotional relationship, Pepper, and a physical relationship with whoever. Like he doesn't associate those two things together, so he doesn't think of pepper that way and that kind of thing interesting theory um oh i don't know though i think there's a see i think as you're going to see as we continue on especially in the next few minutes Mm -hmm. there there are moments of flirtation with with oh they're definitely flirtation but uh uh, but yeah yeah. but i don't think that he's not uh you know quite the lech that he could that we've seen him be and will see him be yes well soon yes um so so tony answers her and he says it's a tax write-off i needed it talking about selling the paintings which is a lie like <laughs> he doesn't it wasn't and it doesn't he just wanted a place for him to go when he dies so uh so as they continue on pepper says uh there's only about 8,011 things I really need to talk to you about. So, Rob, do you know what the significance of 8,011 is? Uh, I'm sure there is one. Is well, there? <laughs> as, as everyone knows, 8,011 uh, is the uh, Lego Star Wars set, Jango Fett. Uh, the one that you would build like that looks like Jango Fett from the uh, Episode 2 collection. <laughs> The, like you, it was it was not not the ship, but actually him. Like you yeah. build a full size. Oh, like the extra. So. That's the set number. Yeah, set number eight zero one one. So I, clearly, I think that's what they were alluding to in this scene. Wow. <laughs> We are totally <laughs> scraping. See, some facts are for the audience, and some are just for you, Rob. For me, <laughs> I do remember the set actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's say it's a, they've come a long way, baby. Um, so there is no they, other. There is no other meaning, right? As, Eight thousand. Yeah, exactly. No, okay. not that I could tell. I mean, not like, that I, we could tell. Sure. If you find yeah. something, please yeah, let right. us know. Yeah. Well, we'll say if, if Justin Thoreau is listening, is there anything for why you picked 8,011? Tell us what um, it means. So uh, as they continue on uh, with the fight, they're going through the thing. And so we get into a very uh, area we've not seen before, a very densely packed sort of uh, part of the lab with all these different machines and stuff in there. Uh, and so as we're going through, he, he we see now, oh, here's Dummy. We saw you was out there, um, was trying to make him a smoothie earlier on. And so now here's Dummy. So this is the first appearance of Dummy in the, in the movie. Um, hey, Dummy, stop spacing out. The bridge port's already matching that part. So I was like, what the heck is he talking about? Right. So, right. so this big machine that's that is standing around. It's standing around. This is actually uh, the Bridgeport GX thirteen hundred. Uh, this is from Hardinge, made in your old stomping grounds, Berwyn, Pennsylvania. Berwyn. Berwyn. 
B-E-R-W-Y-N. I mean, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. No, Berwine. Yeah, Berwine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so it's it basically it's, it's a manufacturing thing. So what's going on here? He's making the Mark VI armor. That's what's happening here. So, like, uh, right now, they're actually building it. And you can see uh, over his shoulder as he's talking to Dummy, there's a display, and you see the pieces that are being manufactured. So he's actually this is actually tooling up the pieces because back in this time, you know, like now he's Endgame, we think about it all being all nano-y and stuff too. But here, he actually still has to build everything out of metal and, and, and titanium or whatever it is that he uh, machine that he does. So he actually has to build every single part. So that's what's happening here is it's basically constructing it. So I don't know what W was doing, uh, but it's basically like, no, 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 it's already handling that. Interesting. Uh, so, okay, no, and that's and that you can actually see that on the screen, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. There's a tray of parts that you can kind of see there in the corner. Yep. Uh, one thing to note in the far upper right corner of the shot, there is a classic Pontiac. Uh, motors emblem, like one of the old antique metal emblems from uh, the mid 20th century. Yeah. For those of you who wonder, what is that little logo? It looks sort of like a, some sort of red uh, insignia. Pontiac, which is now a defunct uh, division of General Motors, mm-hmm. uh, it was named after Chief Pontiac who was a Native American leader who had led a rebellion against the British in the 1760s. The original logo, uh, which was introduced in 1926, was an Indian headdress. In 57, the company switched to another symbol, a Native American symbol, an arrowhead. And that's why if you've ever seen old Pontiacs and you see their emblem with the looks like a diamond or so, no, it's an arrowhead. It's all Native American roots. Yeah, all from uh, Michigan. What is what is now Michigan? Uh, yeah. and so there actually is a Pontiac, Michigan. You can go to, and I have actually been. Yes. Um, so yeah. So they, I, yeah, I wonder what happened. I couldn't remember what happened. I know they got absorbed into something. So they got. They got oh, that was by. the great. That was the when Oldsmobile and Pontiac and everything. Yeah. When GM realized we we have too many divisions. <laughs> Consolidate. Yeah, yeah the, they were the uh, the Disney of voting companies, just like buy all of it and then figure out what to do with it later. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, it turns out Pepper is not a big fan of the expo because as the argument continues, she says the expo is a gigantic waste of time. Boo, Pepper. Boo, Boo. Pepper. <laughs> come on. Like, what the heck? Stark Expo. Come on. Everybody. You got your shirt it. on. I see. No, yeah, like, right. Wearing my Stark Expo come shirt. Come on. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's supposed to. It's the legacy. It's about leaving yeah. the legacy for it's future about, generations. It's about his dad. Whatever, on, Pep. Pepper. Maybe it's because she's got um, that cold, which which we <laughs> we hear her cough. And we do hear her cough because yeah, the next thing he said. And once again, this is I say I, I Pepper is is not the most uh, sympathetic character, uh, especially in this no. minute too, because like no. she's supposed to be the voice of reason. So. Sony says after she she's coughing, she says, "I need you to wear a surgical mask until you're feeling better." Look at that, Tony Stark, futurist, futurist. See those visions like he that he had. Like, yeah, see, ten years he, he was ar- looking ahead. Ten years he knew you're sick. You wear a mask. See, it's simple. Tony Stark knew it. Uh, and so, what does Pepper say? That's rude. Yeah, it's rude. No, Pepper. No, it's not. No, it's Pepper. It's sensible. not. One should keep him safe. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Think about other people, Pepper. Don't do it. Well, based on what we said, and if you listen to a previous minute, you'll know that that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow actually does have a cold right yes. during the she was she was scenes. sick when they were shooting these scenes. So they wrote it into the thing or, or they improv it in. OK, well, the, I think a lot of I think the, I think there is a because they, they talk about, oh, it's all improv. It's all improv. Mm, I don't think so, because there's a lot of facts that get thrown around here, in, in, especially in these couple minutes. I think they had a spine of right, like, right. we talk about this, and then they just are allowed to sort of vamp around it. And and I think that's exactly what they did here. Yeah. And I do think it's funny that when he says you should wear the surgical mask, she mm-hmm. does then let out the. 
coughs in his face. Yeah. Which, and then she's like, that's rude. I mean, it's, a, you know what? It's a quick moment, but when you know a little bit more about the backstory, yeah. well, well done. Yeah. Uh, so as, as they're, as they're moving through, uh, let's see. Uh, Tony says, uh, there's nothing more important to me than the expo. It's my primary concern. Which is another lie. Well, that is I mean, not his it, primary concern. Oh. It is a concern, but it's not his primary concern. Uh, and then Pepper says, "The expo is your ego gone crazy." Ooh, ooh. All right, that's fair hit, fair hit. But your knife back, Pepper. Yeah, right. It's like it's like right between my shoulder blades. You want to just yeah, uh, like. Wow, uh, there's something to be said for bluntness in a relationship. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, especially, especially like, that's your boss, dude. Like, uh, <laughs> I would never be that honest with my boss. Like I said, any boss I've ever had, I would never be that honest. Flirting is um, different for different people. I guess so. I guess when you get to that that high level of uh, money and power, things uh, things can change. Uh, so then as, as you're going through, uh, he sees APs art. Now, it's, it's weird that I don't know why this is here. Like, in this space, like I get that somebody had created a piece of art and gave it to Tony Stark, but I don't know why it's in his garage and he didn't know it was there right. because he gets it. All I can think of is there's a lot going on in this scene that, with the lies and everything too, and that Tony is, is basically intentionally camouflaging. I think he's doing this specifically to wind her up. I think he planted this yeah, specifically absolutely. just to drive her crazy. Yes. So he pulls out a and it is, it is an Iron Man poster that someone has given him and it is, it is a very familiar style. Now, mm-hmm. if anybody was a, uh, was paying attention during the Obama campaign, uh, the original one in 2008, uh, there's a very famous image that came out of, uh, of the, an artist had created that it said it was a, a, a portrait uh, drawing of Obama and it had said hope at the bottom of it. Uh, so that was by an artist named Shepard Ferry. And so this is actually like an homage to that. So it just says, it doesn't say iron. I thought it, was, but it says, just says Iron Man across the bottom, which seems like a failure of design on their part. But so Shepard Ferry is, uh, if anyone has ever seen the, the Obey image that's Andre the Giant's face, right? Uh, that he originally came up with that. Uh, then he, re- he came up with this and because he was so inspired by the campaign that like the, he was not commissioned. They did not do it. He right. did this himself and they contacted him and said, this is fantastic. We want to officially sort of license this from you. Um, uh, and then, so he's still working on our state. You go to, I think it's obeygiant.com. Uh, his, he has, still has, he's still making art today, uh, putting out tons of stuff. Uh, so there's, he's a, still a, a working artist, a street artist. I'm not sure exactly what he refers to himself as. But right. Interesting story, too, about that in that um, when it first came out, I believe he had uh, a different word. It wasn't hope. It was change or progress or yeah. something like that. And then the campaign was like, no, no, we're really focusing on the hope. Please change it to hope, which mm-hmm. makes me think that this version of the of it should say peace. Oh, yeah. Right. Because that. that's what Iron Man's about. Right. Yeah. He privatized world peace yeah. um, and commercialized it. Now, uh, if you read about the story, you know, yes, uh, Shepard Ferry is known for uh, the Andre the Giant one. The Obama art has a whole crazy story with it where there was, um, you know, afterwards, basically, the person who was the AP photographer who took the photo that it was apparently based oh, on. Yeah. Let me just say, I'm just. Mm-hmm. You can learn all about it yourself. Yeah, just yeah it. I know. This is a court case about. Oh uh, no, fair it use was. It was really yeah. interesting about intellectual property, fair yep. use. Yep. If you're a budding artist and you get wrapped up in a cultural phenomenon, yeah. please read the cautionary tale of of what happened because yeah. there's more to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite the labyrinthine. The uh, yeah. Too, and the decisions and things too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's difficult for artists who want to, you know, comment or re- reflect. Nothing or, is or simple, people. No. Nothing is simple. No. <laughs> just, let's just suffice it to say yeah. nothing is simple. Now, in this shot, as soon as we, we have him pick up the painting and the mm-hmm. shot changes on the back wall, just to note this again, another one of those sort of antique tin uh, logos is a Pure All Pep, which is a, a motor uh, uh, fuel company that was popular in the 1940s. There were Pure All Pep gas stations. Oh, yeah. uh, in the United States. Because obviously this is still a garage, even though it's, you know, they're making armor now. There's still he loves, of, but you know what? He, he but classic clearly, car and classic, <laughs> car, classic car culture. No, and, and this is, that's what, why these are all up on the wall. Like yeah. he is just, you, you, you know what his, what his driving motivation, no pun intended, driving mm-hmm. motivation yeah. is even if you look at, there's a, uh, behind him in this scene, there is a bright yellow, uh, it says flammable, it has warnings on it and stuff. And it's got like hot rod, uh, line art on it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just really funny, eccentric things that you expect to see in yeah. somebody. And like my dad, I'm sure he has a collection of uh, license plates on the wall somewhere, too. Because oh, so you have to, right? Uh, just below that sign, there actually is a, a cabinet. It looks like that something dangerous is kept there because it says uh, flammable and inflammable. And I started thinking about, like, doesn't flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? And so I sort of, like, went... Yeah, doesn't it? So I dug into it a little bit and I found out why. And so uh, if nothing else, you're going to learn a little something today because it turns out that um, it comes from those those wacky Latins. No, not those Latins, the other ones. Uh, but like, so it, this the original word, uh, flamere, which is to catch fire and the Latin prefix in, which means to cause to. So it means to cause to catch fire. That's what inflammable means. But we just to use in for all sorts of negative kind of stuff. So it has nothing to do with, uh, with that. But then in 1813, another scholar was doing Latin. And so he just said, he looked at the, the word flamere and went, why don't we just make that flammable? And he just changed it. <laughs> he just like went, no, that's what it should be. And so, so now we have two words floating around that mean the same thing just because different translators, you know, one from the 1600s, one from the 1800s were having a tiff. You know what's beautiful about this conversation? What? If you'd like to learn more about Latin, tune in to Minute 25. Oh, coming that's right. up later. <laughs> later that's right. A lot of Latin that's flying around. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so then, the, meanwhile, back to the Bickersons. Uh, so, that's a deep cut. That's a oh, deep Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Pepper says, Stark is in complete disarray, which... Actually, it's true, but at this point, she's referring to the company. Tony says, no, our stocks have never been higher. It's like, yeah, okay, is that the measure of success to go by? But sure is. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, so as, as they as they walk through the, and they're still arguing all the way through, as, as they walk through the, the space they go over, uh, starts looking for a place to hang up this picture. And so he spots on the wall. And the painting on the wall is, of course, a Barrett Newman painting. Hey! Hey! So when you look at it from here, it just looks like a stripe. But if you look at Barrett Newman's paintings, Mostly what he did. Squares That's mostly what he did. Now, yeah. whole thoughts went into the the density and the yes. shape and edges, but yes, it's a strap. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we see as as then Tony's uh, of course Pepper's uh, incensed about this. How can you take down this this beautiful and probably very expensive painting to put up this right art right? Sent you didn't even take the time to put a word at the bottom. Uh, so we see next day we see the the readout of the expo. So like there's a big thing to talk about the expo. Well, one of the reasons this is here is because uh, John Favreau said test audiences 
were having a hard time understanding what the Stark Expo was. So they all assumed that it was like he had done it. Like he went there, did their Stark Expo. It was a one day event and it was uh, over. Got it. So when they went back to it later on in the movie, everybody was really confused about what the heck was going on. So they had to put these little signposts along the way to say, no, no, this runs for a year. So if you look, you can see on the thing, it says 362 days left. And you'll see this pop up numerous times uh, throughout the movie to reinforce the fact that the Stark Expo is still going on. It's still happening. Uh, so and then you also see that also tells us that three days have passed since he did his big, you know, iron net entrance uh with his magical changing tuxedo um <laughs> so the, this was updated so they added this in post obviously so uh then they get this update i had trouble figuring out exactly what this was so maybe maybe rob maybe you determined what this was so um pepper is talking about some of the other projects that they're working on and she says we have already awarded contracts to the wind farm people and the plastic plantation tree now, the wind farm is pretty obvious. Like, I'm sure right. they have wind power. I mean, that's a big thing in California, too. I mean, if you uh, uh, you, you drive through, even like as, as we do from, from Phoenix driving into California, you'll pass through a, a bunch of wind farms. But plastic plantation tree, I wasn't 100% sure at. So I did some searching of this. And the closest I could find was there's a company called Trees for the Future. And their thing is they're trying to eliminate plastic bags from planting trees. Because apparently that's a big thing when your, your people are moving trees around planting is they use plastic and that plastic just goes to waste. So they're now trying to create biodegradable bags to move around trees. And you're like, what's what's why would that be such a big deal? Apparently, if they could do that, 10 million bags a year would no longer be circulating around and, and causing and filling up landfills and things. I had no idea that was such a big thing, but I guess that's what this is talking about. But that's the closest I could find. So uh, I they're doing say, some pretty good work. They they are. You uh, exercised 102% more thought into those two words than I did. <laughs> I had no idea that tree bags yeah. were a problem. <laughs> I know. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> what? It's such a big thing. But like so many things we need to do. Well, we I think I, think I missed. I got to tell you something. I missed the plastic plantation comment because yeah. I'm still focused on the wind farm. And then he's got the ridiculous retort yeah, to that. Stupid, just a, uh, that ha- please tell me that was a, a, an RDJ improv because. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, but, it, but it fits, though. It fits in. OK, no, and. Just to kind of go into the detail of this, as yes. they're walking to kind of do this, there's a whole bunch of little things in the scene that we should mention. Um, as they pass the stairwell uh, to get to this corner of the workshop, there's uh, an art. I couldn't find the source of this, but it looks to be basically like a mosaic of different elements of the American flag. Mm. So little zooms in, zoom ins of, of all this stuff. And I, and I tried and could not find that. Um, he does pass a Wurlitzer uh, jukebox, which looks like it is the a model 1015, uh, 1946, uh, which is fantastic. And you can, can kind of tell these are so well known just by their shape and their, their bubblers. They have a bubbler mechanism and lighting and everything. Um, and it's a vinyl edition because the CD one actually would replace, uh, the front panel with the CD array. So mm-hmm. this is a classic Wurlitzer. Uh, nice. and Wurlitzer was an American company. Uh, they did a whole bunch of different things. What's interesting is their jukebox operations were sold and moved to Germany in 1973. Oh. I did not know that. Oh, Deutschland, Deutschland, who Deutsch- all this? So please keep up the good work. Uh, and then he, 
I so rarely German. have a chance to break out my small smattering of German that small I remember. Small smattering of German. That sounds like you're angry. Shout uh, out to my pictures so, out there. Yes. Um, then, then on there's you have this big panel display, which we've seen, like you said, the expo information on the table below that. We know that Tony sometimes likes to kick back with a little Xbox 360. Uh, nice. We we see the classic model there. Uh, that Xbox 360 was a home game console developed by Microsoft. It was the successor to the original Xbox. Uh, it was uh, it's a swappable face plates that no one ever swapped. Oh no, nobody did before the <laughs> vinyl wraps were a big deal. Yeah. Um, came out on in May of 2005. Obviously, you know the second generation of the Xbox. To the left of that. And we've talked about Shout this. Shout out to all my people who suffered through a red ring of death. Like yeah, I did. Oh, my guy did. Red rings of death on Xbox 360s was yeah. horrible. Yeah. yeah, that was a problem. Um, yeah, who knows? Uh, okay. To the left of that are is a series of three lighted sculptures, and it looks like to be three images of three different people. I, I searched for a lot of things about this. Didn't, couldn't find anything that was verifiable about what the story is with these. Um, it is popular to see uh, the characters in, in a variety of different things you've probably seen of speak no evil, hear no evil, say no evil, or no, wait, think see no evil, see no hear evil, no evil, hear no evil speak, speak, no, speak no, evil. no evil. There right. we go. Thank you. Um, I don't think it's those. That's unclear. There's just no, I haven't seen anything that obviously uh, clearly put on that. But then there is just, there is one more peculiar thing about this scene. When you look at this, did you notice... The little armored one. And what little armored one am I talking about? That's Spanish uh, for armadillos. Oh! <laughs> there is an armadillo, I would assume, a, I mean, a, a, a stuffed armadillo, yeah. on the top of the kitchen cabinets to the left of the scene. And I just thought that was the most randomest thing. Hmm. Armadillos, they're a species native to the Americas, both North and South America, uh, inhabit a variety of environments. They're basically known for their very leathery, sort of almost armor-looking skin. But I was thinking to myself, well, they're, I mean, somebody who was involved in creating armor for himself, that's a funny thing to have. Again, I look for stories on why that's there. Other than the sort of tongue-in-cheek meaning, couldn't find anything else out, but I thought that was funny that that's insane. I love armadillos. They're adorable. Okay. They're like, <laughs> when, they, when they run around, it looks like they're tiptoeing. They're like oh, cute. in Texas, when you drive through Texas yeah, on like right. a long road trip, and yeah, you're yeah, like, exactly. what is happening? But when I moved from the Midwest uh, out here to the Southwest, uh, that when I knew I was in the West is when I first saw an armadillo on the side of the road. I was like, oh, Things yeah. have changed. Things have changed. I'm in a different place. <laughs> That's right. And, and just the last thing visually to talk about this is that, okay, I think this is funny. The the adding to the insult to what Tony is doing to Pepper, mm-hmm. this Iron Man portrait, which is looks like something that was bought at like Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. It still has the corner cardboard yeah. corner things. <laughs> and you can, you can tell when he's like carrying it, it's got like just a simple cardboard back. Yeah. That's hilarious that he doesn't even take the corner corner covers off to put it on the wall yeah. where he just takes the, you know, the art piece and just throws it off to the side. I think he's just torturing her. Yes. Just more for the long lines of just peppering Pepper. Well, and, the, and where we're going to get to this is I believe this is part of his flirting with Pepper. Okay, because uh, the, uh, the next thing he says in, the, in this argument is I don't care about the. And we don't know what the end of that sentence is. Oh, that's it. it <laughs> so the a fight lot, goes on. A lot. No, I mean, there was a lot visually and a lot of uh, conversation. We could even talk about this is oh, a yeah. great um, walk and talk. 
You know, I think we've talked yeah. about this in a previous season of the Marvel Movie Minute. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin made popular in the West Wing. Yep. These, you know, just like one camera shots where people and this is using a few cameras, but this this real intense, deep dialogue that is happening between two characters as they're walking from point A to point B. Yep. It's really good. It's yes. If you're Pepper, you're completely I would good. not describe this dialogue as Sorkin-esque. No, no, no. <laughs> gassy, I, I, the gassy wind farm comment. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, Aaron would never let that go through. Well, Josh um, may have said that a few times, but I'm not sure. Yet. But but, you know, off screen. Uh, so uh, but as we've been talking about uh, art and beautiful visual things, there's a place you can go to look at beautiful art and it's called Instagram. And we're on it. We have all sorts of uh, postings about stuff going, uh, what's happening at the next reel, uh, all with a beautiful visual component. And as, and as I, I talked to the, the, some of our social media people, they are going out of their way to make sure everything is gorgeous and, and beautiful. So uh, make sure you follow us at the next reel on Instagram and see what's going on with not only our show, but all of the other shows uh, of our on our network. Sweet. So make sure you, because uh, the the argument is still going on. So make sure that you don't want you don't want to miss out what happens in twenty twenty two because things are about to take a turn. So uh, make sure you're here. Enough said. Bye.